0: Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast, followed by a reflection. The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis, Book 1, Chapter 13, How Temptations Are to be Kept at Bay. As long as our life here lasts, We shall never be rid of difficulties and temptations. That is why the book of Job tells us that man's life on earth is one long probation. Each one of us, then, has his own temptations, calling for special care. He must pray over them and be on watch against them or the devil is sure to find an opportunity of taking him unawares, the devil our unsleeping enemy, who roams about continually, looking for his prey. Nobody can reach to such heights of sanctity that he is never tempted. There is no such thing as being above temptation altogether. These temptations, can be a wearisome burden to a man, but nonetheless of great use. They humiliate him and purify him and teach him wisdom. Trials and Temptations. These have always been the stepping stones by which the saints marched forward. Only those who failed the test forfeited their chances and fell back. Nowhere will you find a monastery so enclosed, or a hermitage so remote, that temptation and difficulty cannot follow you there. Never, as long as he lives, can a man tell himself that he is beyond the reach of temptations. We are sinners born, and the focus of them lies in ourselves. When one of them leaves us, another comes instead there will always be trials for us to endure. Have we not lost the gift of happiness? People often try to run away from temptation, only to find that they are plunged in it deeper than ever. You can't win a battle by simply running away. You need patience and humility. If you want to rise superior to all your enemies, The man who is content with a mere mechanical avoidance of his faults will make little headway. All at once, the temptations will come and make themselves felt more acutely than before. Believe me, patience and endurance, with God's grace to aid them, will bring you better success in the end than any violence, any frantic efforts on your own part. When temptation comes, The oftener you take advice about it, the better. And when others ask for your advice in this way, do not treat them harshly. Ply them with words of comfort, such as you would wish to hear if you were in their case. When we are tempted to do wrong, the root of the trouble is always the same. Fickleness of mind and want of trust in God. A ship without a rudder. How easily the waves drive it this way and that. So it is with the man who has grown slack and lost his sense of aim. You never know what he will be tempted to do next. Temptation to elect souls is what the fire is to iron. It tests their quality. Often enough, our capacities are greater than we know, and it's only when we are tempted that our true nature appears. All the same, we ought to be careful about temptation, especially in its early stages. Easier to dispose of our enemy if you never let him set foot within the gateway of the mind, but meet him outside, on the threshold, the moment he knocks. One of the poets has a tag about it. Check the first fault, too late the medicines brewed, when poisons rage, inveterate in the blood. That is how it is with us. At first it is a mere thought confronting the mind. Then imagination paints it in stronger colors. Only after that do we take pleasure in it. And the will makes a false move. And we give our assent. It's all so gradual. This wholesale infiltration of our malignant enemy. And all because we put up no resistance at the start. The longer they last, these sluggish reactions of ours, the feebler a man's resistance grows from day to day. And the enemy's assault more powerful. Are these temptations fiercest when the soul first turns to God or in the later stages of its advance? It differs with different people. And there are some who have a rough passage, you may say, all through their lives. While the tests to which others are subjected are gentle enough. It's all part of God's design for us. So wise, so just, always taking into account the circumstances of each man's life and the merit of his actions, with the salvation of the elect as the end of it. No reason, then, for despair when we find ourselves exposed to temptation. It only means that we must pray to God more earnestly than ever, asking for his gracious help in all our trials. Has not St. Paul told us that God, with the temptation itself, will ordain the issue of it and enable us to hold our own? Humbly then, let us submit to God's dealings with us. When any temptation or trial comes, it is the humble soul he will set free and lift up to greatness. No such test as these of a man's spiritual progress, no such occasion of merit, no such arena to show his fighting qualities. After all, when a man is not conscious of any difficulties in his path, is it any special credit to him to be devout and zealous? Let him carry himself patiently. When everything goes against him, then there is good promise of spiritual advancement. Why is it that some people are preserved from grave temptation, yet fight a losing battle all the time against their petty day-to-day faults? Surely it is to keep them humble. With such proof of their frailty in things of little moment, They are not likely to err through self-confidence where great issues are at stake. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, Have mercy on us. St. Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Two small points from this long chapter. The first is from the end here. Why does God keep the man humble? who's only tempted by small things and yet falls? Precisely because the man feels his weakness. These small day-to-day things, which he thinks I should easily be able to overcome, I don't overcome them. Why? Because God is allowing me to stay humble so that when some big temptation comes, I won't err through self-confidence. See how wise the Lord is? He takes a person where they are. He knows what temptations they'll face later on, the big ones. And he prepares them by allowing them to fall in small things, to keep them on their toes, to keep them from being overconfident in their own strength. And if those of us who are here tonight listening know someone or ourselves are this way, Who struggle with gluttony. People who have great difficulty in food are often very humble people. And gluttony is one of the most humbling of sins, and it's like the lightest sin. In terms of its matter, in terms of its food, gluttony is humbling because it seems like we should easily be able to say no to it. It's the most material of things, and yet it's hard. But it's also humbling because we think we should be able on our own strength, and we can't. But it's a small sin because we all have to eat. Food is necessary, and the actual right amount of food is very hard to get the right mean on, and it differs for every person, and it differs for each of us each day, and so we tend to overeat, and it's understandable. But you see how such a small little temptation has a greater spiritual effect. It makes people humble People that struggle this way, they constantly are aware of how weak they are, how frail they are. And this spiritually has a great benefit in helping them be humble. So let us not look down on people who have little temptations. Let us not get too discouraged with ourselves. The Lord knows exactly what he's doing with us. He knows exactly why he lets one person be tempted in one way and another person in another way. Do you remember from the life of St. Philip? St. Philip used to sharing in the wisdom of God, give different trials to different fathers. He would mortify one person every single day, give them terrible trials. Other people had no trials because Philip knew exactly what was good for each person in his community because he was sharing in the wisdom of God. And God is that way with every single human being at an infinitely more powerful level. And God not only allows us to be tempted to show us ourselves, to keep us humble, but also, and this is the second point, the last point, he lets us be tempted so that we can help others. We do not have a great high priest, St. Paul writes who can't sympathize with us in our weakness, but he was tempted in every way like we are, but without sin. Our Lord Jesus himself was tempted, not from within by his own concupiscence, because he didn't have that, but from without. But every kind of human temptation that can come, he endured for us. And he feels sorry for us. He knows what it's like to be tempted. And so we, too, in our own way, by our baptismal priesthood, are meant to be holy. And by the grace of confirmation, we're meant to cooperate in the salvation of other people, bear witness to them, strengthen them. And the Lord allows us in our priestly life, the lay life, the priestly baptismal priesthood, to sympathize with other people. How? By being tempted. So let us tonight beg the Lord's grace to stand strong, to stand firm, and to be humble. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.